Hello and welcome to Masker Radio. On this, the 10th installment, I, of course, am your host, Members Only Dave, and boy, let me tell you, time really flies when you're horsing around. But hold your horses, because we've got a great show for you to harness today, as later on in the program, I'll be speaking with the director of the movie Plan Sectional, Santiago Sendejas. So that'll be cool, since the Plan Sectional limited edition Blu-ray was just released, so I'll be catching up with him But before we get to that, I think it's time I open up the lid. It's Masker Radio. You're listening to Masker Radio. Hidden beneath the lies are spoonfuls of truth. His mission, to serve out indiscriminate truths and wrong the rights of a bleeding society. Join us. As Members Only Dave opens the lid. Yeah, that's correct. I, of course, am Members Only Dave. About to open the lid and let out some juices. First, I gotta pour one out for my homies. First up, let's get an update on Hurricane Hillary, courtesy of Fox News. 42 million desperate souls in the path of the storm which made landfall in Mexico several hours ago. But they let it right into the country because it's Biden's America. (laughs) Oh, Kennedy, you are so novel. If it weren't for the laugh track, I would have completely forgot to laugh myself. That is a good one. Up next on the lid opening dossier, this is interesting. We have a woman here who went to go see the movie Oppenheimer and was worried about being triggered by these sex scenes. Well, not only her, but her husband too. I'll let her explain. I don't want my night to be ruined by being triggered by something on a screen. When the scene came up, when things were happening... He literally closed his eyes and laid his head on my shoulder. And then I would just like let him know whenever it was over. Now, when I first saw this, I thought it was one of the funniest examples of sarcasm. I thought it was like a parody of sorts. I didn't think people like this actually existed, but it turns out they do. You know, Oppenheimer is one thing, but just listen to this other woman talk about Shrek 2 and the conversation she had to have with her husband going into it. So anyway, I watched the trailer for Shrek 2 and I saw that there was going to be a cat um, named and that's like a really triggering word for um my husband he really hates it um and so i just warned him i said babe there's gonna be a cat in this movie and its name is it's naked also if any adult is actually triggered by sex scenes to the point of having to shield their eyes they might as well go home and call it a day and binge watch some baby einstein or the wmba or something you know And lastly, arguably the most interesting piece of audio from this week. That is the sound of someone in an art exhibit hitting a mound of butter with a microphone. In the clip, you see people standing around and observing. And my favorite part about the whole thing is that there's actually a person running the live sound at a mixing board, as if setting it and forgetting it wouldn't have worked just as easily. Now, understandably, people were openly wondering and having discussions on whether or not something like this can even be considered art. It can be argued that the sound of a microphone hitting butter is the single greatest innovation in the art realm since the advent of the triangle. I was one of the first. And I'll say this, the mere fact that people are even questioning if this is art tells me that it is, in fact, art. Hitting a mound of butter with a microphone is one thing, but check out this little art piece that I recorded earlier today. 
And that, folks, was opening the lid. The juice is on the loose, and there's no getting it back now. I've been Members Only Dave. Uh, I am Members Only Dave. Nobody said we couldn't talk about sports. So join the huddle. This is a Masker Radio look at sports. Yeah, that's right. I'm Michael Lemieux, and here's what's happening. Today we focus our attention on the World Championship of Wayne Gretzky 3D Hockey, where the Pittsburgh Penguins outlasted the Detroit Red Wings 10-9, winning their first-ever World Championship and winning their first-ever game in franchise history that was played on a Saturday with a day ending in an odd number. They've been playing hockey for a long time there in Pittsburgh. Who says records aren't meant to be broken? Pittsburgh's Mario Lemieux, no relation, had two hat tricks and later smoked a balloon animal past Detroit goalie Chris Osgood. After the game, he talked about the win. You know, I'm just glad I have two functioning legs that helped this team to victory, you know. It wasn't easy, it never is, but we showed up with our lunch pails, we put on our big boy pants, and, you know, we decided we want, we can dig it, and we're going we're gonna to shell it right into your faces, and that's what we did. With your Masker Radio Look at Sports, I'm Michael Lemieux. In the beginning, there was VHS and Beta, then DVD, and now, in the 21st century, thanks to the advent of modern technology, we have streaming. With thousands of titles all at your fingertips, sometimes it's hard to find something even halfway decent to watch, but it doesn't have to be. Introducing SubGenius.tv, the only streaming service you need with hundreds of hand-picked titles at your convenience. Titles like The Pink Ladies, Corruption, and Night Terror. You'll never run out of interesting cinema to consume at home ever again. SubGenius.tv has it all, and then some. Besides, who has the space to store physical media anyway? Streaming is the future, and SubGenius.tv is here to pave the way. Don't be a coward. Sign up today with plans starting at $5.83 per month. SubGenius.tv. Don't make us tell you again. Joining me now on the Massacre Radio Hotline, it's director Santiago Sendejas, whose directorial debut, Plan Sexanal, is out now from Massacre Video on Blu-ray, limited edition, might I add. Santiago, welcome to the radio program. How are you today? I'm very good. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. So let's get right into it. Your film, Plan Sexanal, you wrote it, you directed it. Tell us, for those who haven't seen the film, what can they expect going into it? It's a kind of a minimalistic thriller shot on 16mm about a couple that goes through a very crazy night in which they discover one of them is not who they always thought they was. Uh, it's like a, I don't know, like an existential thriller, kind of also uh, surrealistic, something that it's happens somewhere between these worlds that we all know of and like a more like dream world where uh, impossible things happen. You know, that's interesting. You touched on the 16 millimeter thing. Uh, why did you choose to shoot the film on 16 as compared to say, oh, I don't know, anything else? Well, I think the film started in my mind, very specific images, and these images looked like film. They were grainy images. I knew from the beginning that in order to make this film look as it had to, no, 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 there was no other way to do it that, than on film. So 
that was the last thing I was willing to sacrifice. I mean, it's a very low budget movie, so it's kind of not usual to do those kind of movies on, on film. And, and I was also excited about that possibility of, of, of shooting on film when it was already uh, almost like a, a forgotten format. By, by the time we were making the movie, everybody else was doing videos. So I thought that would also like make it, you know, stand out from, from all the other movies. Now, I know you also composed the music for the film. What were some of your biggest influences that you drew from when composing the music for the project? Um, the music for the film, it's almost like a sound design thing. There's some melody to it, and there's like some like techno kind of industrial tracks there, here and there, but most of the time it's like, it's like a, an atmosphere. So I can't say there's like a really like a musical influence that I, that I drew from when making the music. It, it was more the images themselves that, and, the, and the feelings that I wanted to convey um, and that I wanted to bring forward from like the characters and the mood and the atmosphere of, of the film. So, um, I mean, there's always like this idea of like the director that, that is also a composer, which is very rare. I don't know. I can just think maybe of John Carpenter doing that. And I love him. So I, I also wanted to, you know, do something like that. Santiago, tell us, what does your creative process look like? How do you manage to always get the best out of yourself as it pertains to writing and directing? It, it varies from, from film to film. In, uh, in the case of Plant Fictional, like I was saying, like it, it came from, from like specific images. One, one of them was inspired from Eraserhead. There's this moment in Eraserhead, Eraserhead where, where the neighbor comes in and you can barely see her in the shadows. And it's like very, like, I don't know, like a very cinematic abstraction, like something that moves very slowly in the, and, and, and emerges from the darkness. So I had that image stuck in my head and I wanted to recreate it somehow. And then I started to think about how, what kind of movie would have something like that. So it's like, then it starts to develop, oh, okay, so it's at night. And then it starts to develop from, from there, like a combination of like really like images that I want to make and the possibilities, you know, like the real things that I know that I can get. Like, okay, I can get two actors and I can get this house. There's a, you know, a basic concept. This, in the case of Atlantic Senal, the basic concept is like there's a doppelganger that, that claims to be you. What would you do in that situation? If somebody comes to your house, you're with your wife or your girlfriend, and there's somebody outside, like saying, "I'm, I'm the real you," you know, uh, mm -hmm. and you're an imposter. So that that question started to drive like a lot of themes and a lot of ideas, and also like a lot of images start to grow from there. Like the idea of ha having to fight yourself. Once I had like a good draft of the screenplay, I started to work with the actors to develop the characters more. Basically, kind of like that. Um, yeah. What would you say is the biggest hardship you've had to overcome while on set of one of your films? I think maybe it's like like going around the lack of money and other resources. And I think that's really cool because it make, it forces you to use creativity where otherwise you will like go with maybe your first option and, and you know, throw some money at it. But then it's like, oh shit, I can't do this that I wanted. How can I still like express this idea that I want to express or like do this without, you know, like, okay, there's, there's no car. So what do we do? Uh, oh, so they're walking. Okay. And does that work? Yeah. But how, how would that work? What kind of shot do we have to do to kind of convey that same feeling and that same mood and, and the same ideas that were thought in a different way? But then making a movie is like a, 
crazy high that can keep you awake for, uh, I don't know, three to four weeks at a time. Also, something particular about plant medicine now is like, um, I had a, a, a DP that I have worked with before, and we did pre-production like for three weeks before started shooting. But mm-hmm. when we started shooting, he kind of lost his shit and started to fuck up like big time and like waste a lot of time and a lot of film in like a very low budget film. So I had to fire the cinematographer like two days in, into the movie. And then I had to find somebody else with no pre-production and kind of like try to explain him how the film would work. And that was also a bit challenging, like getting somebody new into something that was already going with no preparation. And since then we worked together because I don't know, that, that kind of thing is very rare to have somebody that comes to the set to solve problems and not to, you know, uh, find more problems. Writer-director Santiago Sendejas is my guest. Now, it says here you've spent some time in New York City at the New People's Cinema Club. What were some of the things you learned or observed in your time spent there? I think, like, a lot of conversations that I, I would, would be having with my colleagues here were also happening in New York, and, and I, I thought, like, I was really, like, I don't know, like, reassured what I thought were the problems with, like, movies nowadays, that it's really hard to find, like, a really good movie these days. Like, everything is getting, like, you know, like, the corporate culture of, of and the distribution channels. We all knew, like, we had to do something about it, you know, and we had to make, like, a, some sort of, like, maybe not a movement, but we kind of realized we were on the same track, like me and the other directors there like kind of had like the same vision or similar vision to what films could be and the way to make them that it's not like really on that like uh, mainstream route or it's more like, you know, like artists making movies, it's still a thing so that was kind of like a nice thing to see at, at the NC Film Festival in New York. Tell us about what you enjoy most about visiting New York City. You know, they have a little bit of everything to offer, so I'm sure there's no shortage of stuff for you to get into. I don't know. I like the, the grid of it. I, I thought it was like a really gnarly city. I mean, we were staying in maybe a nice neighborhood in the Lower East Side, but outside of, a, of, a, of a, the place we were staying, you would see like people like overdosing on the streets. And I don't know, like that grittiness of like maybe the 70s New York. Like, I have been before in New York, and I have, like, this idea of it, like, which it is, no, in a way, like, this place, just for millionaires and billionaires, and if you have to, if, and if you go to New York, you you lose a lot of money in one day, you have to be a big spender to have a good time, but this wasn't the case, no, it was, like, a very nice, strange situation that we were in, so I kind of like that about, about this, this that time uh, that I visited As I continue to go through my notes here, there's a bit here that says you're a Jess Franco fan. So tell us, in what ways has Jess Franco influenced you and your overall style, if at all? I mean, I I enjoy Jess Franco's movies and also, like, admire him as a filmmaker because he made so many movies. I don't know. I feel almost like ambient films that they, and I've been watching them lately because they're getting restored. And before I saw them, I just thought like there was like these kind of wacky sex films, but now that they've been restored, uh, you can tell that he was also like a great image maker. He made beautiful images and he had like, uh, I don't know, like a very distinctive style. So I, I admire a, a filmmaker that has his own style and, and their own brand. And Jess Franco is, is a lot of that. And 
also the subject matter of, of his movies and I think uh yeah I think that that that's what I like the most about uh yes Franco Earlier in the show, I played a clip of someone slapping a microphone against a mound of butter in an art exhibit, and people were discussing whether or not it was art. In your own words, how would you describe what art is, or at least, what is it to you? I mean, in, for me, art is like something that makes us uh, wonder, you know, like approaches, like it makes us closer to like the mystery of things, something that you cannot say otherwise, or can't be said in another form. So I, I I saw the clip you're 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 talking about, and um, I I'm, I can't really I mean it made everybody wonder what the fuck. So maybe it's art, maybe it's bad art. I mean bad art exists, and that's like a really wacky uh, performance piece. And I mean there's many around, so I don't know. But to me, art is something that makes us closer to like the mystery of of, of life, or like makes you wonder. New ideas, like makes new ideas pop into your mind, like expands consciousness. That's what art is for me. My guest today is writer director Santiago Sendejas. A couple more questions before we get you out of here. Let's talk about your latest project, Historia Natural. What is it all about, and when or where can people check it out? Well, it hasn't come out yet. I'm, I'm, I'm. I just found a distribution company in Mexico, but it's gonna be probably released here like a small theatrical release but i i, I think it's a it's a movie that it's, it's more like liked by people outside of mexico because it doesn't look like a typical mexican movie it's more like a weird film that can't be attached or really like described i hope maybe somebody like massacre video can distribute it at some point it's the kind of movie that underground low budget sexy with some violence and crazy ideas that closer to the mystery of existence. Yeah, and strange, I can say, yeah. Now I heard a rumor that I'd like for you to confirm or deny for me, okay? No details needed, but is there any truth to you working with Masker Video on an original film, yes or no? Ah, yes, yes, yes. I'm very excited about that, and it's going to be a great, great film, very sexy also, and uh, hopefully very crazy too. They call that a tease in the industry, a very good one at that, a Massacre Radio exclusive. Now, aside from Historia Natural, it says here you also recently finished editing the new Sebastian Silva film. Santiago, you, you sound awfully busy, my man. How do you have time to fit it all into your schedule? Oh, man, because I, I don't know. I mean, I also um, make music and stuff, so I don't know. I guess I'm just very devoted to what I do and um, give all my time to it, and I love doing it. I don't know. I think just if you do what you love, you, you'll find, find time to do it. Santiago, if people want to connect with you on social media, how can they do so? And where can they listen to your music? Well, I, I haven't made music in a while just for movies. So, I don't know. Check out Plantic Now. I made the soundtrack. It's also coming out on like a cassette on Massacre Video soon. So no, cool. you can buy that if you're interested in that kind of thing. Hopefully, I'll be able to make more soon, uh, and I can, you know, like, uh, get it released. My guest today has been writer-director Santiago Sendejas. Check out the limited edition Plan Sexanal Blu-ray. It is out now. Santiago, is there anything else you'd like to add before we let you go? No, I mean, just thanks for the interview, and I hope you get to watch Plan Sexanal and enjoy it. And um, my next movie is that I'm, I'm very excited about, um, and hopefully... 
you guys get excited and, and can take a look at them and I can guarantee you you'll live be uh, very entertained Santiago Sendejas, thank you so much for your time today. Hey, before we get out of here, I wanted to say thanks to everybody that came out to the Masker video booth at the Horror Hound Weekend. Got to meet a lot of cool folks. Got to spread the word of Masker Radio. Hope everybody got a chance to check it out. Hope you're listening right now. We really had too much fun out there, and uh, it was a great time. So special thanks to my guest, Santiago Sendejas, for joining me today, and thanks to you for listening. I've been Members Only Dave. Have a nice day, and as always, I'll talk at you next week, only on Massacre Radio. I love the sound of breaking bones. Crunching through the night. I need the noises of protrusion When I look at you Oh, look at you The sound of breaking bones Breaking bones It's time to break some bones I love the sound of breaking bones Breaking deep inside I love the sound of all those fragments Shattering on the ground Oh, on the ground Time to break some bones When I look at you Time to break some bones